This is Courtney Gray, Life and Body Coach. It is my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the Road to Rediscovery podcast with Aubrey Johnson. Happy listening. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on the Road to Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, take it to the next level and uplift others who are struggling through tough times. A quick reminder that you can hear this podcast anywhere you get your shows, all right? If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please give us a rating and a review. Otherwise, send us some feedback at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. That's roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. And we'll give you a shout out in a future episode. We truly, truly are grateful for your listenership. My special guest is a psychologist, emotional eating expert, author, and host of the Too Much on Her Plate podcast. She's helped thousands of women break cycles of overeating and being overwhelmed with the daily demands of life. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Women's Health, Self, and many, many other publications. Ladies and gentlemen, let's please welcome Dr. Melissa McCreary to the show. Melissa, it's so great to have you here. Welcome. What an introduction. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you so much. We're, we're pleased to have you here, as you can hear. <laughs> so, <laughs> Melissa, if you don't mind, if we can uh, start by having you share with us, um, we're just going to dive right in, okay? What are some of the common societal misnomers, right, when it comes to overeating habits? Well, boy, there are so many, but I, th I think... <sighs> The biggest problem is that we start in the wrong place. Mm. Um, when people are ready to make a change with their eating, when mm -hmm. people are ready to make a change with weight, mm -hmm. the logical thing seems to be, and we are reinforced over and over and over again in society to start with the food, change your eating. What are you going to eat? When are you going to eat? Right. When are you going to not eat? What are you right. not going to eat? Like, you know, <laughs> let's get obsessed about the food. The problem yeah. is, if we are going to talk about overeating and emotional eating, especially in women, mm -hmm. we have to talk about hidden hungers. We have to talk about the very common reasons that not only that overeating happens, but that overeating and food and um, dealing with it in a way that we don't want has so much power in so many people's lives. Right, right. Man, that's tremendous. And it does have a tremendous amount of power over people's lives. And I mean, you know, there's no denying that emotions do get involved and uh, the emotions can trigger um, those habits. Uh, and there can be a pattern, I guess, behind that. You spoke of the uh, hidden hungers. And from mm -hmm. what I understand, um, you've helped or, or over 32,000 women have taken this hidden hungers quiz um, yeah. has there been, or do you know of any, like, um, what are some of the, the breakthroughs or the, uh, the, 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 the revelations that has come from taking that quiz? Well, 
Um, yeah, I'd be happy to share some of those. So the quiz, which is a free quiz, which is available on, um, on my website, mm-hmm. was really designed because when we start talking about the reasons that people overeat, and, and by the way, one of the reasons it is so important to know the reasons that you're overeating is mm-hmm. that if all you do is try to rearrange your food and you don't address the reasons that food has the power that it does, mm-hmm. then you end up in a vicious cycle right? Because mm-hmm. those reasons are still there driving the whole, the whole pattern and the habits. And so one of the reasons that I created the quiz was that when we start to talk about the reasons, um, uh, exhaustion, being too busy, stress, um, you'd mentioned emotions, um, there are a couple of others. When we start to talk about those, a lot of people um, their eyes start to glaze over and they yeah. start to get overwhelmed talking about the reasons because they're like, Melissa, I have all of those. <laughs> the, reasons, <laughs> right. the reasons tend to travel together, right? If you have yeah. stress and you're too, you're probably too busy and you have stress mm-hmm. and you're too busy and then you get exhausted. And, and so it was create, you know, the idea of looking at the reasons can feel overwhelming. And I see. the quiz was designed, I designed the quiz so that um, we could simplify things. So that you could answer a few questions and mm-hmm. identify, okay, yeah, yes, I have three of them or four of them or five of them, but this is the primary one. This right. is the best place to start. And again, we're dealing with overwhelm and overload. Like here is one step that I can start to take that will start to deconstruct these things, that will start to dis, you know, detangle all of these things that can seem so overwhelming on face value. And when you, when we feel overwhelmed, talk about emotional eating, when we feel overwhelmed, it is much easier to end up in the kitchen, staring at the pantry and um, with a jar of peanut butter in your hand, wondering how you got there. Yeah, it truly yeah. is. Right. Um, and uh, in a lot of cases um, it, it's, it's, I guess it's a temporary relief or band aid, you know, um, without truly addressing the root cause mm-hmm. of, of, of the eating habit. And you mentioned stress earlier, and, um, and I know your focus is on those who turn to uh, eating or emotional eating as a, as a result of the stress they're going through. But, you know, we have, and, and I wonder, why is this? And what, what insights you have on mindset when it comes to why some people are so quick to have their go-to in an emotional distress type of event to food, okay, versus mm-hmm. others that may go to drinking or may go to gambling or may go to uh, just, um, uh, you know, some other type of vice, maybe exercising, you know, um, wh- what, what is it, is it, is it how we're make made up? Is it how we're wired? Um, what causes one to gravitate towards one versus the other? One thing over the other. You know, I think there, I think that's a, uh, complicated question to answer. I I think there probably are a number of different reasons and there are layers, Mm -hmm. right? There's, there's Mm -hmm. what we were taught. Mm -hmm. Um, one reason that emotional eating and overeating is such an issue. I tend to work with busy, high achieving women. Yes. And one of the reasons that food becomes the the kind of the go-to of choice or the coping strategy of choice is that it is easy. It is everywhere. 
Mm -hmm. Um, women especially are conditioned from, a you know, from most of their lives that, that food is available to to be used and also to be given to others to take care of all sorts, you know, for comfort, for reward, for a distraction. Um, and then again, another, another, um, piece of this that is sometimes different for women than for men in terms of how we are socialized is that eating is something that you can do to try to take care of yourself, right? Comfort, reward, Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. of that stuff that doesn't Mm -hmm. take away from anybody else. You can Mm -hmm. keep right on plowing through your to-do list. You can keep Mm -hmm. right on, you know, driving the kids to soccer, doing the 50 Mm -hmm. million things that you're doing while you are in air quotes, taking care of yourself, you know, you don't have to stop. You don't have to say no to anybody else. So it gets, it can be a very seductive, um, but you're right, temporary fix, right. For for getting through. Um, Mm. And that can develop into a cycle that people don't know how to break. Makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, And, and before we go further, if we can just clarify for the listeners and, 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 um, and level set for them, um, if you can tell us when it comes to, is there a difference or are they synonymous between someone who um, has overeating habits and someone with a um, an eating disorder? Are they mutually exclusive? Are they two of the same? Um, if you can just shed some light on that for us. Yeah, it's a good question. Um you can have overeating habits and have an eating disorder. And by eating, you know, I think what you're referring to with an eating disorder is something that is a clinical diagnosis that, Mm -hmm. that there's a, there's a medical diagnostic code that you, that you get and that Mm -hmm. insurance pays for treatment and all that, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You can have a, a, um, uh, overeating habits and have an eating disorder and, Mm -hmm. and, and you can have overeating habits and not fit the qual, you know, the the criteria for a, a clinical diagnosis. I, see. I I work with people who you also can have overeating issues or emotional eating issues and not have a weight issue. This is not necessarily yeah. about weight. I work with um, a lot of pe- my clients. Tell me two things. Number one, they are just sick and tired of food and eating and what to eat and when to eat and sometimes mm-hmm. often weight taking up so mm-hmm. much real estate in their head. They are mm-hmm. so tired of thinking about it. They mm-hmm. are tired of waking up in the morning and having it defined whether it's a good day or a bad day. They're tired of jumping around on the scale because and having that feel tied to their self-worth. So yeah. that's, that's one thing that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I hear from people that I work with all the time, and I think that is really important, which is related, is that they don't like their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's mm-hmm. taking up too much time. Maybe mm-hmm. they just feel bad about it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, and I'm working outside of the, the, uh, this is a clinical diagnosis area. Um, if you're not happy with your relationship with food, you get to change it. Mm. Yes. Right. Yes. Whether, whether, yes. whatever your weight is, it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be tied to weight. You know, we live in this culture that gives us all sorts of, uh, criteria about how we are supposed to look and what we are supposed to weigh and you know diet yeah. culture has been incredibly destructive um yeah 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 and i and i'm and i and i wanted to ask you if um if the word diet um and there's there's the word diet then there's fad diet i mean um 
<laughs> and this is kind of meta, but is the word diet going out of the English language uh, in terms of what it meant 30 years ago oh. versus what it means today? Is it no longer a fad? Um, is, 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 is what was interpreted as a diet 30 years ago? Is it more harm than helpful? Oh, yeah. Oh, so we know diets don't work. Yeah. Um, we know that there is an industry making billions of dollars yes. Yes. on the fact that they don't work. Because guess what? If they did, we wouldn't have an industry. <laughs> that That's right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No They'd diets won't work. Mm -hmm. It has become a thing now to talk about things that are really diets while reassuring people these are not diets because yeah. diets have gotten, you know, people have gotten the memo that diets don't mm -hmm. work and that they are mm -hmm. destructive, but mm -hmm. um, there are still, a, there's still a ton of advice out there that is based on, I talk about deprivation mentality, which is yeah. diet thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Going mm -hmm. without going hungry, restricting mm -hmm. actually basically a plan that makes you miserable. And somehow the idea is you will stay on this plan forever, I guess, because I mean, th there's this, you do these things to lose this weight and then there's either no off ramp or no plan of what you're supposed to do, or you're supposed to do that forever. It doesn't make sense. Not sustainable. No, no, no. But there's a lot of advertising out there telling, you know, getting people excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally yeah. is. And, 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 and um, kind of on the flip side or the other side of the coin, Melissa is, um, and, and this, this term has been tossed around a lot, right? Uh, but I want to know your take on it. Um, if it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your take on that? Um, uh, lifestyle? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, see, I see some advancement in the meaning of it versus a diet, but it's been tossed around and used oh, so yeah. much and overused that it's, it's kind of losing its luster, at least with me. What's your thoughts? I love this question. So the reason that I do what I do is because I basically talked to one too many uh, brilliant women who had achieved incredible things in their life. Mm -hmm. And because of all this, you know, all this cultural stuff, all these messages, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, They've done the impossible, whether it was professionally or with their kids or with whatever. Yeah. They're just amazing, smart people who are yeah. sitting across from me saying, well, I know I'll always struggle with this. Or I know this is always going to be something I'm going to have to work really hard. I'm really going to have to stay on top of this. Food is always going to be an issue for me. And mm -hmm. that whole idea of lifestyle choice I, you know, can mean a lot of things. But for some women, it has come to mean food, you know, paying obsessive attention to my eating or my weight yeah. or my fitness or my health is, is always, it's going to have to be my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do what I do is because I know that you can, you can put things into place and leave this stuff behind. You can, and that is why the hidden hunger um, concept is so important because mm -hmm. when you really address the reasons that food has the power, the reasons that are compelling the cravings, yeah. um, the and, and you really take care of those things, mm -hmm. you're not fighting with food anymore. 
right? And mm, and so yeah. I talk about a relationship with food. I have a relationship with food because by and by the way, it's a lifetime relationship, right? It's not like yeah, you yeah. can't go cold turkey. You can't abstain. No, you can't. Right. It's and so <laughs> right, right. But it doesn't have to take it. Like I have a relationship with food, but I'm not thinking about it all the time. I'm not waking mm. up in the morning and thinking, mm. oh, how will that go today? Right. It's yeah, yeah. it's a good relationship. And we are not taught that. We're taught that we have to do things and monitor things and track things and stay on top of things. And yeah. there is a whole different way to um, tackle overeating and emotional eating that mm. um, I guess it's a lifestyle, but it just hums along in the background. I mean, maintaining my, my blood pressure is a lifestyle too, right. but I thankfully don't have blood pressure issues and, and I don't think about it, right? It just mm -hmm. works for me. Mm -hmm. And your relationship with food can be like that too. I agree completely. Um, you, you can have a healthy relationship with food for sure. For sure. Um, I'm going to mention um, a phrase that I've heard regarding okay. food. And um, again, I want to hear your take on it. Is one better than the other because it's a two-part phrase um, or are they mutually important or Simultane uh, are they are they both important together? Mm -hmm. um, the the phrase is this: simply put, eat to live, live to eat. Mm. I did an interview recently with someone who was very clear. He's, he's a health and fitness person, mm -hmm. and he, I guess it's, I guess it's eat to live. You know, his whole philosophy was, well, food is just fuel. Food is just fuel. That mm. is what food is. Okay. I don't buy it. And I, I, I I've, I've been doing this work for 25 years and mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, if I could only think that way, but yeah. think about it. Food is one of food and eating are one of the, you know, one of the few experiences that touch all of our senses, right? Oh, the food yeah, yeah. food is an amazing thing. And mm -hmm. there are people who could take food or leave it and they don't really, you know, enjoy it so much. But, right. but I think part of what happens in uh, deprivation mentality is we get this idea that we're not allowed to enjoy food. We're not allowed to savor. We're not allowed to get pleasure from food. And hmm. um, so I don't know what to do with your two phrases, but I, that whole eat to live thing, Yeah, it's kind of tough to take. I mean, to me, it's almost, it, and, and it, it, here's the irony, at least that I find in this, the eat to live is almost emotionless for me. It's so mechanical sounding, right? Where you're, it, it, like you said, your, your guest says it's fuel, it's fuel, you're doing it for fuel, it doesn't care how it tastes, mm -hmm. it's fuel for your body, right? And, uh, and I think there should be more of an emotional association with it than just eat to live but here we are you and i talking yeah. about emotional overeating right and having the emotions but here's, drive overeating. but here's the thing Aubrey, this is such a great point because the other side of it live to eat and and i will hear from a lot of people who are in thanks for listening to hear the full conversation please subscribe to our premium channel by visiting roadsrediscovery.com